you are listening to the Conquering Everest podcast. This is episode 19. Welcome to the Concrete Endeavors Podcast. My name is Brian Talor, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for spending a bit of your day here with me. We've got another great episode. I have a conversation with Andrea Ramsel. She is an artist, a mentor, and a work-life balance coach. In 2010, there was a tragedy in her family which caused her to step back and reevaluate. It was a transformational moment in her life. You're not going to want to miss this conversation. Before we get to the conversation, however, I do just want to ask a couple favors of everyone listening. If you don't mind, Give this podcast a share on social media because who knows who needs to hear what and when. And I truly believe that words have the power to change lives. So please give this a share. Give it a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening and leave it a review. It would mean so much to me and this podcast. If you'd like to connect, make sure you check out the description here with this podcast, I'm going to have several links for you to follow if you want to reach out to me. I'm available via email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course Podbean uh, through the Podbean app if you'd like to leave a comment on this here episode or any of the episodes really. And one last thing. Now, I've got a GoFundMe that I've set up for this podcast, Uh, obviously looking to grow this podcast, looking to get better equipment, to get a better studio, and hire a couple people to help out with production. Right now, I'm a one-man show. I'm doing everything from setting up the interviews to the recording to the editing to the pre- and post-production. There is a lot running a podcast. There's a lot to running a podcast. So, hey, if you feel... If you feel so inclined to donate, please check out the GoFundMe link in the description and uh, any any uh, amount would be helpful and appreciated. And you know what? If you're if you're not financially in a place to uh, donate, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, But I would ask if you don't mind, just. Go to the GoFundMe page, click on the share link, and let your family and friends know. That only not only put them in contact with the podcast, but who knows, maybe somebody's got an extra couple bucks rolling around and they can help out the cause. So, all right, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Andrea Ramsel. Andrea Ramsel, welcome to the Conquering Everest podcast. How are you? Fine. Thank you, Brian. And thanks for having me here. It's an honor. Thank you. Glad to have you. You're, you're joining us all the way from Germany. I'm here in the United States near Chicago. Uh, what's what's the weather like in Germany here in, in March? Is it cold? Is it warm? It is nice. We've had really hot weather already, really warm temperature where it could sit outside in the sun, at least in our area. But we're in the most warm area in, in Germany, in Rheinland-Pfalz. Uh, we live, it's considered or called the, the Tuscany of, of Germany. It's really warm in our area. The sun is shining right now. It's, I mean, we're having 6, 6 um, p.m., so okay. it's, it's getting dark outside. But today the sun was shining, but it's a little bit fresh still. 
Good. I always like to ask that because uh, I, I haven't traveled much outside of the U.S., so I'm always curious to learn a little bit more about uh, areas that people are at. As we, as we get into this uh, conversation here today, Andrea, would you want to take a few minutes and just maybe share a little bit about yourself with the listeners? Yes, of course. Um, yes, uh, my name is Andrea Ramsel. I'm an artist and also an artist coach. And I'm, but I'm still working in the IT field, which I'm, I'm doing this for more than 30 years. But aside that, I started pursuing my dream to become an artist and did quite a lot of training. And these days um, where I think I'm managed being an artist and live my dream, I started helping other people. Um, yeah, dreaming or yeah, have their dream of being an artist come true and help them not only to dream, but also to decide to become an artist and also show them a strategy, how they can implement their art into their regular life. Mm, very nice. Mm-hmm. Now, we, 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 we've had opportunity to talk before today, and um, it sounds like 2010 was a really big transitional period in your life. You want to talk a little bit about what led to that transition for you? Yes. Uh, before 2010, I used to be a um, very stressed working mom, working my in my job part-time as an IT specialist. I was running a wine, our winery, our family winery together with my husband. And I had two kids, my oldest son, 12, my little one, two years old. And um, life was good. I was totally stressed out. I started my... Um, a distance study uh, on becoming an artist because I spent a little time at home with with the little one. And um, yeah, all of a sudden my father had a heart attack and this flipped my life around. Uh, it was really not a light one. It was really tough. It was uh, between life and death. And um, within the next six months, I was I had to go through a lot of things. He he was re- he got reanimated six times within that time period, and he ended up being um, um, paralyzed from his fourth cervical vertebrae down, which means he had to be uh, in bed for the rest of of his life for the for the next five years. So, but to my parents helped us a lot with the winery and they helped us a lot with the kids and spend a lot of time in our house. So it completely changed because now my parents needed my help. And also I realized that life can change so fast. And if you don't pursue your dreams, it might be too late one day. And it really clicked in my head but it took me a while until I really um, continued to do and, and, and work on my dreams. Because first of all, because of all that stress, I lost my voice. I had a 12-year-old and a two-year-old, and I hardly could talk for a couple of months. This was the hardest thing in my life. I had that little one, and I love to read fairy tales and, 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 and talk a lot. And it's so important in that, uh, in that young age that you talk to them a lot. And the older one started with puberty and, and school issues and everything, all these things. And every time I, I, I talked, my, 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 my throat was hurt, hurt, hurt me. And 
So I had a really tough time back then. And eventually with the with training and everything, I recuperated. But I, I realized that all this uh, losing my voice came from this additional stress I had. So I had to find a way to get rid of that stress. And I... Um, took some time off and um, was traveling to Munich, attended a seminar, was called NLP in a week. And um, I've met wonderful people there and realized that a lot of things are not working the way they're supposed to and that I stress myself out a lot, a lot of the time, which is not necessary all the time. So, um, and what I realized, because we did some um, um, exercises and we... Um, were having or yeah having some light meditation and I figured out that art even though it was my hobby for years means more to me than I realized initially so when I came back I continued and completed my distance study in creative um, painting and then I added um, a dis another distance study at the London Web Art Academy, where I just focused on oil painting, which I always wanted to learn properly. And then I had added the old masters and did all this, even though I had the, the same amount of work to do than I had before, but I just wanted to do this. So I was doing all the studying at night, mainly between 10 in the evening to one o'clock in the morning and really cut off my sleep. I, what this, I knew this, this wouldn't last for long. I mean, you can come up with all this energy, but one day that probably would, would bring me in, into trouble. So I should have decided this or that, but I wanted to find out how I can balance this. So I started um, um, a coaching training and I became a work-life balance coach, a certified coach. And now I knew and had all the strategies I needed to be able to pursue my dream on one side, but be reliable and do and, and, and be responsible for my family and my kids. And so this was my transition and um, a lot of things changed. And in 2015, my father died after being really laying in bed for five years. My mother, she used to be a nurse, so she was handling him and I totally, I'm really thankful that my mom did all that. And she said, you do your thing and I take care of your dad, don't worry. And I'm really thankful that she did this. So in 2015, my father died and I was um, yeah, taking myself back, spending more time with myself, not going out, not meeting too many people. I wanted to figure out what what the values, what the beliefs of my father, what impact it still would have after his death. So in that winter, 2015-2016, I was reading a book uh, from Andrea Wolf. She is an historian and she wrote a book about um, the life of Alexander from Humboldt. And Alexander from Humboldt, this scientist, he made us all aware that everything on this planet belongs together. And I've, I was so triggered with that book and with my thought process on what was what my father has left with this um, after his death, what he has left me. And I was going back to my childhood and realized that 
a lot of the good values I'm having that I would like to keep these values and that I would like to make something out of them. So my father, he used to be, my, he, yeah, he's, he was my hero when I was a child. He was, he rescued a little poodle. Um, and so, and this got my poodle. And so he always made me aware of the, the people, the, the weak, weak ones of, of human beings, of animals. And so I said, I would like to um, bring this into my life. So now this, I was, um, yeah, I said, I, know, I now know how to do oil paintings. I saw other artists engaging in wildlife um, um, conservation projects. And then I said something like this I wanted to do too. And I was watching a TED talk one day from Willie Smith. Willie Smith is the founder of the Borne Orangutan Survival Organization. And I thought, wow, wow, this man, he he founded this organization. And just because he rescued one little baby around Utah and, uh, and at that time, and this started this foundation, I thought, well, I would like to serve this man, but I, di I didn't know how to reach someone like him. So... It was bubbling under the surface, and obviously I communicated with the right people. I talked to a colleague one day and figured out that he is the translator um, for a wildlife conservation organization, which is uh, was founded in my hometown. They uh, support um, the um, or they yeah, they support um, the humble pink penguins in Chile and Peru and uh, created an organization just to save that habitat there. And now it, this, this organization has been founded already 11 or 12 years ago. And in the meantime, they have... Um... Sorry about that, Andrea. We, we had a little technical difficulty. You were, you were uh, in the midst of talking about the International Wildlife Foundation. Correct. The International Wildlife Foundation um, would like to save the habitat of the humble penguins uh, uh, who live in the area of Chile and Peru. And in, in the meantime, the, the organization has been founded already over 10 years ago. And in the meantime, they, cooper they cooperated into a larger wildlife conservation organization called the Alianza Humboldt, where they have nine, over 95, uh, in the meantime, over 95 uh, wildlife organizations. They combine their efforts, and it's just um, amazing what they reached um, in those couple of years. So I said I would like to um, support those. After I, I was talking to my colleague, I said, well, if something like this is so close, why not support them? And I have an artist colleague. She um, creates um, cloth um, bags and ex uh, wanted to exchange all the plastic with the cloth bags. And I thought this would be, this is a nice idea. I could copy something like this. And, and um, I brought this to, to the table and they said, oh, no chance. No one can go to the shops and, and do that extra work. So I said, well, then we need to do something else. And I've, I've, I've created um, an art project 
uh, with the winery a couple of years ago where I had an art, um, an, an, an oil painting um, as a label on the wine bottles. And our customers, they, they liked it so much that I had the idea in my head, well, we could do something like this. We could put a label of a, of a humble pe penguin on, on, on the wine bottles and uh, sell the bottles and um, donate one euro per bottle um, to that wildlife um, organization. So I, I, I just proposed that idea and I liked it so much that I said, well, then, I'm, then we're doing it. And from this idea uh, till the final product, it took about 18 months. But this really was such a good idea, obviously, because the, the people like it so much. We've, uh, we have so many customers who support this idea. And we had lots of press releases about that project. We, uh, we, uh, our project has been shown on television and the wine bottles are being sold throughout the world. So the, the forest they, they, they got was to the Antarctic, to the Neumeyer Free um, Science Station in the Antarctic. And this is really amazing that how, what we reach with that, with that uh, simple idea and with me um, speaking about this idea and not holding back. And what the funny thing is, um, now I know all these people who are working in wildlife conservation and they're like a family. They all know each other. And it happens to be that the, the zoo, which is really close to us, uh, the zoo in Karlsruhe, about 30 kilometers away from where, where I live, they work together, believe it or not, they work together with Willie Smiths, oh. the guy who founded that BOS organization. And I think that's just, you know, I, I spoke that I would like to do something. And then I, I said, well, if, if this is not around the corner, then I start something else. And since I started this, now I have a chance to support Willie Smiths with another project. That's, that's very, that's very cool. It's, it's, I love hearing how, uh, you know, just simple, what, what some people may say, just taking simple little steps in your life could really create this whole new, um, you know, it's almost like a snowball effect where the snowball rolls down the hill and just gets bigger and bigger. Uh, so it sounds like when, when your father had his health issues, that, that really changed something in your, your line of thought. And, and you said, you know, it, it's, it's time for me to start branching out and chasing some of these um, these ideas and dreams that I have. Uh, as far as talking a little bit about your artistic ability, was art a part of, has it always been a part of your life or did it just in 2010, was that kind of when you, you decided that was something you wanted to do? Um, I was always interested in art, obviously. I was painting and drawing a lot when I was a, a little kid. I remember really when I was still in kindergarten that this was the, the thing I really enjoyed most when I, or, yeah, most I would say. And my mother, she always made sure that I had enough paper and pens and uh, color pens and all these things. So I remember that I painted a lot and, and was drawing a lot when I was a kid. And um, 
when I was five years old, my parents visited visited a Baroque castle um, about an hour away from where we live. And we were walking inside and I was so fascinated by the oil painting portraits that I didn't want to uh, move on to the other rooms. I was standing there and was looking at these wonderful ladies and I said, I would like to learn how to do this one day. <laughs> so really, yeah. and I, when, when, when I saw these little oil painting tubes when I was a kid, when we've been in, 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 in shops like this, I always insisted to that my mother would buy them for me. But I, of course, oil paints are not for children. So um, I just pushed this away. But when I was in my yeah, early 20s, I started and took my first uh, oil painting course. And this was really disappointing for me because we had to paint an, a self-portrait right from the spot and the outcome was not what I expected. So I, I, I stepped away from this. And when I had my, my oldest son, um, and my oldest son was one year old, I um, met another artist and she, she, she painted in portraits. And so I said, I would like to learn this. And she recently started back then. Uh, and I said, I would like to take a class too. So we um, got training by, by an artist together. And uh, half a year later, I painted my very first, or a year later, I painted my very first um, oil painting of my son. And so this is how it started. This was in 1999. Would you say that your, uh, up until the point when you decided you were really going to start pursuing this and and furthering your education and and, and really put yourself out there, was was it the work-life balance that had prevented you from, from, you know, pursuing the the art or you know was it just a a situation where it's like okay i'm a mother uh you know i have to you know i have to work and you know life was just too busy because you had mentioned that uh you you know you studied and you now coach work-life balance so what or you know what was it that that i guess the question is what was it that held you back from really pursuing your artwork until until you made that decision to uh to, to to continue your education um, initially, I just wanted to learn how to um, do these oil paintings. I never, I never wanted to become an artist and make a living of it. Um, and then I was at that NLP in a week down in Munich. Um, when we did that meditation, I, um, in, my, in my subconscious, I saw this picture of me or my paintings in, in a museum. And this really surprised me because I never wanted to have my paintings in a, in a museum or something like this. But um, it told me something or, well, I, I, I started to believe that art has a bigger meaning to me than, than I ever thought. So this was the reason and, and yeah, this was why I completed my distance study and continued to get better and better because yeah if you have you know this the feeling you're never good enough to start a business in that in that area mm, yeah i think we're, we're all the same initially until we break through 
Yeah, we get those uh, the insecurities when when we get an idea. I think the insecurities within us, uh, the the fear of failure, could really, uh, you know, I think that stalls a lot of people. There's a there's a quote that that I often reference, and and it goes something along the lines of on just on the other side of fear is unlimited possibility, and I feel like that's so true as I as I've overcome fears in my own life to pursue different, uh, you know, whether it be podcasting or speaking or writing, just, just pushing the fear to the side. Uh, it, it's really opened up a lot of doors. And, and as I've talked to other people, I, I kind of hear that same, that same mantra that, yeah, you know, once, once I decide, once I became courageous and I said, I'm going to do this, uh, the next thing, you know, it, it, it really turns into something, uh, pretty big. Let me ask you, do you still uh, practice NLP today? Is that part of your day-to-day routine or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the state thing that I bring myself into state that I um, change my, my, or be able to break my thought pattern if necessary. Um, yeah. All, quite a lot of things try to convince my 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 family using it more often i'm not very successful <laughs> but yeah. i think that that that's kind of normal yeah it's a it's a big part and um i i if covid would not have been an issue i probably would have ha, um, have my uh, nlp master already because this was the plan for 2020 if everything was booked i um wanted to um an NLP in um, in uh, on the island Mallorca in Spain and the other part in in Belgium, but everything uh, was skipped, and so I'm waiting for another opportunity to complete the NLP master. And NLP is a neuro linguistic programming, correct? Did I, oh, did I get that right? And what? So what? For the folks listening that may not be familiar with the the just the the base foundation of NLP. Could you talk a little bit about what, you know, uh, on the surface, what NLP is? Um, we are all living in an environment where we, before we can even talk, that a lot of things influences us when we're little. With the ability of that NLP strategy, you were able to reprogram, that's a hard word for, for, for some people, right. just break that thought pattern you're so used to and come up with a new thought pattern, which serves you much better than the previous ones. Like when you have a belief that you're a for example, not good enough. And I think almost everybody knows that thought pattern one way or the other. There is a way with NLP to break that pattern and to exchange the old thought with a new one, which serves you so much better. Mm. So it's really about just, you know, because every day I don't remember the statistics on it, but, it, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 amount of negative thoughts that run through an individual's mind per day is is just kind of a it's, it's a pretty staggering number 
when you think about it. So it's, it's really just NLP just helps you identify when you're having that negative thought and then you can reframe it into, you know, so if I'm thinking that I'm not good enough to do something, NLP would be the practice of reframing that to, to, to reassure myself that I am good enough. Too. That's right. That's yeah. right. And when you um, can exchange that thought pattern and you believe yourself that you're good enough, then you start taking action towards your dream, towards your goals. And um, that's most of the time the start. Yeah. Of a new career or a new life or a better life or a more fulfilling life. Yeah. And actually just pulled up, looks like uh, the research that that was done and of course you know take this with a grain of salt because it's uh just a quick search on the internet but it uh, sounds like uh we have around 12 to 50,000 thoughts per day and 80% of those thoughts are negative and that's just that's kind of a staggering number to to think about let's let's talk a little bit about work life balance because you said that's part of your coaching model now uh i know there's i guess you know this get kind of specific with the first question is as, as I've gone through and mentored other folks, uh, coached other folks, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I heard, uh, or I hear, I, I don't have time for that. So, you know, when you, when you start talking about meditation, you know, Hey, you need to, you know, this, this could be a good practice. It, 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 it relaxes the mind. It, you know, it, it helps thoughts surface from the subconscious. Uh, oh, well, I don't have time for that. You know, by the time I put the kids to bed, I'm tired. And I, you know, maybe I have a little, little ice cream and I watch some TV and then, um, you know, and then I go to bed. So uh, when it comes to work-life balance, what, it, what, what do you coach people on? I mean, how, how should they approach this, this um, concept of work-life balance? Um, most of the time, everybody feels that they would like to change something because they're totally stressed out. Mm -hmm. This is how it usually starts. And this is a bad part, I think, to go and have a meditation because most of, 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 of the people, uh, it will drive them crazy if they come from a stressful situation and they should calm down and, and start learning meditation. This is something you really have to learn and practice over a while. But if you're totally stressed out, to just breathe deeply inside yourself for a while or go for a walk, this reduces the stress uh, immensely. Or if you just mentioned having, having ice cream or something like this, it, that is not a, um, a bad thing to have um, a cube of ice uh, if you are aware that you're eating it and not just eating it really fast because uh, and then just doing something else. But it's important to take the time and, and, and be aware of what you're doing. I'm eating that ice cream now. I enjoy it. This is my me time. Or I have a cup of coffee together with my partner and we enjoy that time. And it's so important that we have these little rituals in our life uh, because we fill up our our body with new energy if we're doing these things. Uh, and then we can, in these moments where the stress level is low, then we can make decisions like, oh, meditation is probably not a bad idea to start with. 
Um, for example, in, during the last year when COVID uh, was so bad and we were isolated and everything, I meditated every day and to focus my mind, but I've learned this long ago. So it's probably not the best thing to start if you're totally stressed. Start with something simple. Start with an, an awareness process. Start with something like, I, I, um, I really spend some time just for me, 20 minutes, half an hour reading something doing something just for me something i'm really interested in not for the kids not for your for your spouse uh, just do something for yourself yeah and i and and so from a personal uh belief standpoint uh you know i really truly feel that meditation can take on many forms and i think a lot of folks when they first hear that word meditation they they instantly go to oh listen i don't want to sit in a you know, a quiet space and try to eliminate the thoughts from my mind and, you know, chant and, and do all. And I'm like, no, no, meditation can be, uh, you know, as simple as maybe you, you, you sit in your favorite chair and you turn on some music and you just allow yourself to be present in that moment, not thinking about what tomorrow's going to bring, not thinking about yesterday, but just being there in that moment and focusing yeah. on your body, and your mind. Do you agree with that, that, that meditation uh, can take on many different forms for different people? Absolutely. Um, for example, I take the example of the walk. If you walk um, and take a walk and you really are conscious with your feet, when you concentrate on your feet, when you just concentrate on, on, on what's around you um, and, and to start with, and then you can go inside while you walk and you can realize, oh, is there, some, is, is, is there something wrong with my shoulder? Can I release the stress a little bit in my, in my neck or something like this? Then from while you're walking, you can listen to your inside. And this is a, this is a, a good example for meditation. And it's a better start than just sitting and, 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 and think you have to steer at, at, a, at a point in, in the wall. That is advanced meditation. Right. That's how I consider it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Because, you know, it, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to stay in the same spot for, for very long. So, you know, usually if I'm going to try and, and, and meditate and totally clear my mind, uh, you know, I'm looking at 10 to 15 minutes and, and, you know, and that's about what I can handle. But when it comes to taking a walk or, you know, listening to music, I can, you know, I can, I can walk for 45 minutes and it wouldn't bother me. Uh, I could, I could listen to music for hours and it, and it wouldn't, and I could sit there in the same spot. So, uh, right. yeah. So folks really need to, to grab a hold of, of their style of meditation and, and but it, basic, basically the foundation is to be present in that moment, not, not to, not to allow the world around you to impact you. That's right. But this is something you really have to practice way before you are totally stressed out because in, in, yeah. in an extreme stress situation, especially if it, uh, when it um, takes longer for days, weeks, months, or maybe even years, you forget to, to take, a take the time for these things. And this is what um, I think and I, I believe um, hold, um, ho holds you off um, having a burnout. You really have to find the time for yourself. And at the final end, you will gain a lot of time. 
And also this is the only way to really go inside you and really listen to your inner voice. Uh, sooner or later it pops up, but we're so busy keeping our inner voice inside us mm-hmm. um, because we're so, this is the reason why we're so busy outside because if we start listening to the voice inside, we, can, we might open up a can of worms and it could flip our life around and a lot of people are afraid because it's an awful lot of work. But on the other side, it's not necessary that everything will be flipped around. Maybe it increases your life quality. Yes, it might be a little bit stressful in between, but it can at the final end um, increase your personal life for a more fulfilling life. And if you are full of energy and live the life you really would like to live, then you have so much more energy for everybody else around you. Yeah. Do are you do you uh, do, is the is the winery business still uh, in your family? I mean, you still running mm-hmm. the winery? Yes, that's really my husband. He's the winemaker, but he's also still working um, in the personnel field, and I I'm in the IT field, so we're both still working uh, and run that uh, winery in addition to our daily jobs. But yeah, it's. It, in the meantime, it's more, you know, it's the winery and we do the jobs aside, something like this, time-wise. Yeah. <laughs> spend quite a lot of time with the winery too. But it's more my husband's thing, you know, he's the winemaker. Okay. And I do more of the marketing stuff and all, everything else. Yeah, I was just kind of, because I was looking at my, my, my notes and it's just, you know, when, when you talk about work-life balance, I think you're the perfect person to talk about it because you've got this winery, you've, uh, you know, you had, uh, obviously you had your father's health concerns there, uh, you know, for, for a handful of years, you've got two children, <laughs> you've got full-time jobs. It's, there's just a lot, you've had a lot going on uh, here, here in a short period of time. Uh, I, I wrote on here too that that you uh, you struggle a little bit with perfectionism. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I love perf- uh, to be perfect. I still do, but you will never be able to reach it. And it's really important that you learn to distinguish where it's really important, where it's not. I would love to have, when I have surgery, that I have um, a surgeon who, who is perfect in what he's doing. But the question is, does it have to be in, in a house? Does it have to be with your windows? Does it have to be with a letter you are writing? Does it have to be with a painting? Um, the quality should be good. That's not the question. But perfect. To be perfect, perfectionism, you will never be able to reach. And this is something we just have to accept and have to learn. And this was the the, the, the biggest learning curve for me. And after I gave up of this perfectionism, um, I had so much more time. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I could totally relate to that because I've... Um, I've struggled with that uh, most of my life as well. Just and and I really think for the the. Do you think the? Let me ask you this. So my belief is that perfectionism comes from a fear of failure. Do you do you agree with that, or do you think it's something more or less than that? Um, yeah, I think it's it's probably because we have that um, um, 
the comparison we see so yeah. many perfect things on uh, advertisement commercials those things um also the social media that's a big problem because everybody um, um is only posting the most uh, beautiful pictures of themselves i mean that's natural but there is something in between i'd like to look good and i would like to look perfect you know and um I think uh, we need to really, um, yeah, stop comparing ourselves. I think it has to do mit, mit, mit with comparison a lot. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what life's like for you right now. So you, 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 you've, uh, you're, you're an artist. You, you still, you still have a passion for uh, painting. It sounds like uh, you, you help out with the winery business. You have a, a coaching practice. Uh, what what's life like for Andrea here in 2021? In 2021, okay, I would like to add on a, a couple of health uh, things. I would like to do more sports because I was got really lazy last year. Um, was uh, spending too much time in front of the um, computer to build up the websites and everything because I've uh, programmed them on my own. So I like to do more sports and I plan on um, yeah, doing more of portrait painting because this is something I uh, still uh, procrastinate because I always thought I will, I'm not good enough on that. So, but I will not get better, not perfect, but better, better if I don't um, con continue to practice. So I would like to, to do this more often throughout the upcoming year yeah i think uh, when it comes to perfection i think one person's imperfection is another person's perfection especially when you're talking about art in whatever form or fashion that comes in whether it's speaking or write uh writing or painting or drawing it, it's you know i think there, there's always that subjectivity <laughs> in all <laughs> of right. that <clears throat> right. so if if someone let's say there's someone listening right now they're they're stressed out the you know <clears throat> maybe they're a single parent they're they're, they're working uh, raising kids uh, they haven't really given much thought to what maybe they haven't hit that transition yet maybe they feel they're ready for a transition like they 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 feel like there's something more to life they just haven't been able to unlock that if if somebody came to you and said hey this is where i'm at in my life i'm kind of stuck i'm stressed i don't know what next steps to take what would be your advice uh and i know uh, you know that that this is probably a loaded question and one that could could fill up hours of content but uh, just on the surface what would be your advice to them um i think the most important thing is that we allow ourselves to dream again and we can dream by being in a bath tube. We can dream uh, in the morning when shortly before we wake up or late in, in the evening before we uh, go to sleep or when we um, are for a walk or whenever. Allow yourself to dream. Listen to your inner voice. And once you hear something, don't value it. Just write it down on a piece of paper in a journal or something like this. And keep on going and do this for a couple of days or weeks. Be consistent in that. And then um, you will find a pattern somewhere of what your true wish is. 
And from there, you need to work on spend half an hour a day on what you would like to learn or what you would like to pursue, whatever it is. And then integrate this into your life. And then another half an hour, let's say an hour, and keep on moving and change other things around you will realize once you do what you would what you love to do and concentrate on this that other things are not as important as i used as they used to be and gradually you will change your life it's nothing which happens overnight it took me almost 10 years to get to this place or to this situation right now and I was struggling a lot and I think it's so important to listen to our inner voice and one day there is the time where you make the decision but it can take a while from that vision to the decision Mm, that's great advice Uh, especially the you know the 30 minutes it doesn't take in the beginning it doesn't take much for a person to really start to unlock that that next level of their of themselves and you know 30 minutes that's uh that's 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 wonderful advice because so many people uh like i said before you hear so many people say well i don't have time you've got to make time and even if that's only 30 minutes that you're just totally dedicating to yourself uh that 30 minutes is going to start the the ball rolling uh, as it did for you and so many other folks, Absolutely. myself included, I, I've, I had to start small too. And, and, and as, you, as you get more comfortable in, in, in realizing the benefits, yeah, you extend that out a little bit more and you have more time for yourself. If, uh, if folks wanted to reach out to you, do you have a website or do you have any place that you um, show your art or anything that you'd like to promote? Um, I have a website. Um www.andrea-ramsel.com and you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is Andrea Ramsel, no space. And you can also find me on Facebook. And LinkedIn and Pinterest and wherever. Pinterest gives you a lot of ideas on the um, um, wildlife conservation project. Okay, you said that was Pinterest there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll make, I'll make sure I have uh, have these links available in the show notes as well. So, Andrea, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. I've enjoyed talking to you uh, here today. And uh, I, I've, I've taken a ton more notes that, that I did originally when we spoke. So uh, I've got, I've got a lot, there's a lot of good stuff here. And uh, I hope a lot of folks listen to this, this podcast because I, I believe it's really going to uh, serve as an inspiration to others. So uh, thank you for being on the show. And uh, would you be willing to uh, possibly be on the show again in the future? <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for having me. And of course, if you would like to invite me again, of course, it would be a pleasure for me. One final thing I would like to um, say, if anybody would like to reach out to me, just send me a personal note and I'm willing to help you, especially if you are in a really um, uh, important or strange situation and would need immediate help. Okay. Would they, should they send that through Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. E- either way? Okay. Either way. Well, 
All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you uh, once more in the future. Thank you, Brian. All right. Thanks bye. for having me. And that was my conversation with Andrea Ramsell. She was a great guest. We did have a little technical difficulties. So I thank you, Andrea, for being patient with me as, as we, we got reestablished our connections and, and finished out the conversation. Uh, my biggest takeaway and something that I will encourage all of you to take away from this is many of us, myself included, we wait until something happens in our life until there's this significant event to that that it just knocks the breath out of us and then we step back and we go you know I'm going to pursue this I'm going to go after that I'm going to encourage everyone don't wait for that moment just go after whatever it is you want go after it with all of your heart with all of your mind body and soul and uh you know great things happen so thank you if you've stuck around this long i appreciate it thank you so much please do consider checking out the links in the description share this episode share the podcast give it a thumbs up leave it a review it all really just works to help this podcast grow so until next time this is brian and i'm saying aim high be courageous and do amazing things because you are an amazing person.